Staying alive, ha 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 ha. Staying alive, staying alive, sa ah ah ah. How's it, everybody? Welcome again to another edition and the second one, the second podcast of Staying Alive in Paragliding. It's my great pleasure, Steph Yonker, to be presenting to you guys something great again. Um, thank you very, very much. I want to say to everybody who sent me some feedback. I only sent this out to about uh, um, 10 people or so. And the next thing I get a message from somebody in less than 24 hours in Canada, someone I've never met before saying, hey, when's your next podcast? A friend of mine sent it to me. So very stoked, very happy to see that you guys are sharing this and please share it on, send it to whichever groups and people you have around the world with the greatest of pleasure. I'm doing this purely from a help perspective and from a sharing perspective. I want to encourage and help people where I can. Um, it's an absolute great honor for me and I want nothing in return except a little bit of love in the world. So how's everyone in this time of Corona? Pretty mad. Our second uh, section of this uh, podcast is about equipment today and I look forward to presenting you guys something quite uh, thought provoking and encouraging. Um, something I would like to say on that note is I encourage you all to spend your time very wisely at this time, uh, research things, learn things, start that project that you've always wanted to and go for it. Absolutely. Don't waste one moment in your life. If you are sitting around playing candy crush and, uh, picking your nails, you are doing the wrong thing. Meditate and get out there and live your life a hundred percent. So... I want to uh, have these podcasts just on a side note to be fun, light, and with lots of stories and, of course, opinions. So on that note, I got um, a, a little feedback on my last podcast uh, from a very highly ranked German pilot who's a friend of mine. I don't mention his name, but he said, oh, Steph, I, I disagree with you on one thing, and that's that we turn the other way out. So when you are saying a reverse launching on both directions, I disagree strongly with you. And I say to him, I disagree with him. And you do, of course, what you guys want to do in your lives. But I do recommend everyone learns how to um, ground handle if you want to be top, top um, and learn how to um, reverse launch in both directions, left and right. And the simple reason for that and to answer his um, mystery maybe is if you have a skew slope and you have the wind coming up one side, you can imagine that if you are only attuned to turning in a certain way, that may mean that your body has to turn nearly 270 degrees to get yourself untwisted out of um, your uh, stance to be able to um, launch. So think about that one. If you can't work it out, contact me and I'll explain it to you in more detail. And uh, on that note, uh, luckily we are all having different opinions because otherwise we would be real androids in this world and that would be really boring. Um, right, let's talk about equipment, folks. Um, the uh, couple of points I have are about new versus used, um, some things not to forget, some essentials, some things definitely not to leave behind, and some things, part of your equipment, which you definitely do before taking off. So, uh, in the 22 years that I've been flying, I've probably owned 30 to 40 gliders. Um, it's a wild guess. I have no idea how many gliders have passed through my hands, but it's been a lot. And less than 10% 10, 10 of those have been new. So I am definitely one to buy secondhand where I can, not for saving, but simply because I am uh, uh, able to break absolutely anything. My partner Tracy reckons 
that uh, I'm, I have lost my vocation in life. I'm, I'm the, should be the guy, the test guy, who can break those American sunglasses. You cannot break these. Two weeks, Steph, two weeks. So I am a big supporter of not buying someone else's crap, but buying a, um, a certainly if you are going to start paragliding, I wouldn't definitely buy a brand new paraglider. And the very simple reason is the question I throw to you. Would you buy a brand new car if you were buying your very first car? And the answer, I hope, would be no. So um, I don't believe that our very first gliders should be a new glider. I do believe that people should only be entering in the sport on an A glider or a low B glider. I don't think anyone should have their very, very first paraglider as a, a high-end B or a C glider. But of course, in India and in Pakistan, it's probably a little bit different. So I want to tell you guys, keep your stuff together. All right. Um, on the note of the models, which glider, which class, it is probably the biggest spend of time of any single pilot anticipating which glider they're getting next, uh, shopping around, comparing and reading reviews about every single new glider from the Gin Evox to the brand new Mac Paramagus, which is absolutely amazing, by the way, uh, to a 777 Gambit or whatever it might be that has caught your eye or you've read about or you've heard has just been released. The Nova Phantom, for example, came out at 6,000 euros when it was released. What a crazy price, but they sold a whole bunch of them. And because of that, they actually have a hell of a um, success with them. There were B-style glider, well, there were a B-rated glider that was um, going just as well as a D at the time. So, of course, everybody wants that. Everyone's pushing for performance over safety. And I really stand next to my friend from long ago, Bruce Goldsmith, when he says, you don't evolve to the next glider until you've flown 100 kilometers of cross-country, honestly, with that first glider. So fly 100 kilometers with your A glider. If you live in a place where 30 kilometer cross country is as difficult as an easy 100 kilometer, then granted, then you could get by with 50 kilometers before you upgrade to a B glider or a C glider for that matter. So don't be jumping up the ranks too quickly, folks. You will be sorry one day when you get a smack out of the sky and uh, you'll be like, why the hell am I on a D glider? when I've jumped from um, an A glider to a high-end B glider, and now I'm on a D glider trying to blaze and trying to beat guys on Enzo's. It won't work, folks. All right. Keep your stuff together. A lot of uh, competition friends of mine are opening up their two-liners in the basement in a nice straight line and laying all the stuff out perfectly and keeping their kit in pedantic order. And I really I um, take my hat off to them for doing that. I look um, uh, absolutely uh, a shambles next to them. My equipment is always half sewed up and um, really thrown together. And I don't think I should be proud about that, but I do want to say that functional function over fashion. Okay, so paragliding is certainly not a fashion show. I don't subscribe to anybody rushing off to the uh, shop and buying uh, equipment for 12 or 15,000 euros when actually you can get by with 2,000 euros and buy everything you need to. Keep your things together. 
you look like a bit of a fool when you've clipped in on takeoff after that two hour drive to get to the mountain and 45 minutes up to the takeoff and you have realized that you've left your helmet at home. Fully charge your instruments, guys. Put them on charge in front of your bed when you get home from your last flight and put them back in your paragliding bag when they are charged. These are important things. Check that those radios are off. Check that those instruments have been switched off. And make sure that your instruments, your radios, and all of that kind of thing are actually all together with your bag. I'm a big kite surfer. I love to kite. And I have um, the very, very first thing I tell whenever I introduce any friends to, uh, to kiting is there are lots of elements with kites. You have the harness. You have the pump. You have the barn lines. You've got the um, uh, kite itself. And, of course, you've got your wetsuit, you've got your board, you've got about seven, eight pieces. It can be like that with a paraglider. Keep your stuff in one bag, folks. Put the empty water bottle on top of your paragliding bag to remind you to fill that thing up. Put an empty snack bag there or leave an energy bar right on top of your bag to remind you to take some snacks to the mountain. On that note, hyperglycemia and uh, feeling a sugar low before you're taking off is a hell of a big one. I definitely subscribe to eating something before you take off on the takeoff site to raise your sugar level and eating uh, regularly in the air after every hour or two hours. Definitely important. If you want to go as far as, um, I don't know his name anymore, Gavin from Cloud Base Mayhem, and he says, oh, you have to eat this kind of energy bar with this kind of protein in it and this kind of thing. I don't subscribe to us being so specific. Um, unless, of course, you are training for the Excelps and you are in any chance hoping to beat Krieger, Kriegel, good luck with that. But I definitely subscribe to you guys having some food. Some apples are really good. Um, anything to pick up your sugar level before you take off. Nuts are great. What to wear when you're on the takeoff site? So, bring enough clothing. Bring warm enough clothing. But layer your clothing. So, once I rescued a guy on the Portable Mountain, it was 45 or 48 degrees on the mountain, and the guy had five layers of clothes on. And if he didn't have uh, me landing there, he probably would have died, because he had broken his arm and his leg, and he couldn't move. And he had layer after layer after layer of warm clothes, which was completely ridiculous and way too much. I subscribed to a zip-down thing. I subscribed to two zip-down tops if you can help it. So if you're in doubt, leave those zip-down tops half open with the zips actually done at the bottom, so closed up, and leave the whole thing breathing for ventilation on the takeoff and as you get into the air. Afterwards, you can always close the inner layer and close the upper layer. Something closing up the neck is always really good, a buff or something for over your neck and over your face is always a nice idea to be able to pull that thing up. But remember, usually a little bit more normal in terms of clothing. There's no use in going and putting four layers on when it's 35 degrees outside. All right, moving to the instruments. What do we need as instruments? We don't need much. I'm also not a huge big um, uh, supporter of really expensive instruments, although the new Flymaster and the Navitas are really nice products and I really like them a lot. So, very exciting stuff if you've got lots of money, buy those fancy instruments. But, like me, I find they can break very quickly. Leave those things in their boxes, make sure, or in their protective covers, 
before takeoff and on landing and don't leave them flat, flapping around because they just need to connect a rock and there are big crocodile tears coming out. Definitely one to have as a free app or one of the X, uh, XC track or um, XC saw. Uh, if you are uh, one of those uh, poor people who uses um, Apple products, then you have Fly Sky High as your option uh, of free app on your phone. Get some Velcro onto the back of your phone, uh, glue it on there and stick it on your pod so that you can um, see that thing clearly. Make sure a battery charger and a cable are always with you too, because there's nothing worse than landing out somewhere far away and not even being able to phone your buddies because you've left your radio at home or your radio is flat. On the note of a radio, I have always um, thought that a radio was a kind of optional extra. Now I firmly believe in a radio for safety and for communication for retrieve. Okay, live location is really good and the app Live Track is really nice too, to be able to tell somebody where you are going. So even if you think, oh, there are lots of pilots flying around me, I have been in enough situations where I have seen that pilots can easily be forgotten. And only that evening, late at night, when it's, when it's raining and dark, do the wife start phoning around and saying, hey, has anyone uh, seen this guy with a purple glider? If you've ever seen the film 127 Hours, you will know that it's important to tell somebody where you're going, when you're taking off, and when you're landing. I often do it. I send somebody a WhatsApp. Um, I used to use uh, Francois, my manager, and say to him, hey, Francois, I'm just about to take off at this place. Here's my location. Send him a live location on WhatsApp and say I'll report when I land. And be it in Lesotho or on a coastal dune somewhere in the middle of nowhere, nobody's around. I haven't seen a human being. Nobody knows to look out for me. And it's really important to say where you're going. What glider? What model? What class? We've covered that. Let's move on to the fun stuff. Once I was in Romania and arrived with a Magus 5, which was a really old paraglider by then. It had been well replaced and my main competitor at the Romanian Nationals was flying the brand new Boomerang 4. And they all laughed at me with my Magus 5. But when I went to collect my trophy, it was as if I was trying to pull a piece of meat out of a lion's mouth because they really didn't want to give it to me in Romania. So, same thing with your harness, folks. Don't stress too much about having the best equipment on the mountain. Peer group pressure plays a hell of a role in our sport. And I, re again, really don't subscribe to it. A harness is a harness as long as it's well-sewn and it's okay and it's got a fair level of comfort and it's got safety and protection. So, those are the two words I want to reiterate. Comfortable and safe. Then it works. My Excelps lightweight equipment is so stitched up, so thrown together, but it works. And the important part are the reserves. Check that your reserve pins are nicely and properly seated. Do not pack your reserve yourself if you don't know how to pack it. Repack it professionally every year or at least uh, one and a half years. I've only thrown my reserve twice in 22 years, but I can tell you um, both times I was really happy to have it. Both times we were on tandems both times were equipment failure. Those are for another story. What happens if you get a sheathed line on takeoff? What happens if your glider tears a little bit? Folks, the glider will generally still fly. Let it fly. A sheathed line is not a problem. I've flown for months and months with sheathed lines. 
I know many people will probably disagree with me and think that I'm the most reckless, crazy maverick out there, but I've survived this far, and I can tell you that a sheathed line is not going to end your life. A bit of tape with you is always a good idea. I remember once a lady holding my tandem on the takeoff at Lion's Head in Cape Town, and as the glider uh, pulled up, I heard this kind of light tearing um, uh, sound, and I heard a lot of gasping and shouting on the takeoff, but we were... It's the one, two steps and you're off, otherwise you're not off. And I realized that the glider was flying, but as I looked up, I saw a one and a half meter or two very perfect parallel one and a half meter long tears on the upper surface of my glider as this lady's beautiful nails had torn a beautiful, lovely cut through two sides of my glider. Folks, you don't need to go on and on about lightweight equipment, how much you have to spend on it and how light it actually has to be. At the end of the day, unless you are a competitor in the XLPs or the XPIR or whatever it might be, your lightweight equipment, a kilogram or two, more or less, really doesn't matter. And as we wrap up this podcast, I want to tell you, no one needs to have three paragliding kits. You can have a modest lightweight kit and you can have a more cross-country style stuff. That's my three cents worth on paragliding equipment i hope this has been super informative to you remember share it send it out there as part of the love of the universe in the next days i uh i'm going to come back with a another couple of podcasts i've had some requests on some about weather some about your headspace before launching those will definitely follow and then i am going to release a series of exciting interviews with some very interesting people and pilots go well all your friends steph here from cape town ciao